0: Tonight, it's December 23rd, as we're slowly but surely sneaking up on Christmas. Now, we're live and in real time, five nights a week here throughout the year, and tonight is our last broadcast before the uh, Christmas Day, because on Christmas Eve, WPTF typically uh, uh, broadcasts some special programming, and I'm going to ask, we won't talk about it now, my producer, I had planned to ask him a question tonight, and I forgot what it was. I couldn't ask him. But uh, to see if John C., you might want to see if you, if you have anywhere a piece of paper with what, what the features are going to be. We may, have, we may have radio notice of it, but uh, I have always enjoyed listening to the, the program that uh, Don Curtis and the other people put together because it's a lot, a lot of old-time radio, much of which is when I first heard it was not old-time, which means I'm, I'm a moldy oldie now. But in any event, we're going to be here for the next radio hour. And the phone is open tonight. And this is one of those cases where I'm inviting you to talk with Tom. Tom gets to work his voice out a little bit and meet some of our uh, new listeners or some of our old listeners, our radio family. And we're going to talk tonight tonight about uh, a little bit. Uh, not not completely, but about... Our, this is kind of an anniversary. It's not exactly the right day. The right day would be December 26th. But we're not going to be here on December 26th because that, I believe, is Saturday. But it was on December 26th in the year 1988 that uh, I first got to do this show with, it, with the name The Tom Kearney Show on it. So it's uh, 32 years now. And I think we're still doing all right. I think we're still presenting programs that... Uh, Entertain and edify, and uh, uh, bring you some news of things that you might be interested in. Uh, but uh, I, I was just thinking today, President Reagan was in the last few months of his uh, presidency. When that—that when that seems like a long time. In fact, it is a long time ago. But we've been having fun most of the time, and certainly have met a, met a lot of interesting people, both on the air and through the telephone. And as uh, we, we go along tonight, if uh, if you're so inclined and uh, well, there's something about the subject at hand that you would like to comment on, uh, please dial up 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF, uh, because those, those letters work out with those numbers, and it's an easy way to remember our telephone number, 860-9783, and the area code will Course is nine one nine, and uh, the uh, the uh, management at that time, not the current management, not even the current ownership, said, uh, "Tom, you can do the program. Uh, see what you can do." And uh, but I, it was a weekend. I, if I remember it right, uh, Christmas Day was on Sunday, and uh, and so uh, in fact, I think that's that's the Sunday that I have talked about uh, having to broadcast. Uh, uh, no, 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 it would not be the one with, with the music on it. it would be, that would have been some years earlier. That would have been one calendar run through earlier. I've uh, got to get my mind straightened out here now. But we were going to have to do the first show on Monday night, and I did not have a guest, and I, I like to have guests most of the time. Then as now, but we we also found that we like to try to do some open programs where we, we invite the audience to be the guest and to be a part of the conversation. One of the things that I found in this quarantine business with the COVID virus and everything is that you need to talk to people. And if you're locked up, and I was doubly locked up for three months this year and and singly locked up uh, for the period after that as everyone else was until now. And uh, can't go out and visit with folks and uh, whatever. So uh, it's good to have someone to talk with here. So it's nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three, and we can have a pleasant conversation about how your year went or how it didn't go and where you are and what you've done. Did you read books or did you learn how to play partisi or, who knows, did you spend a lot of time cooking? Uh, I was fortunate to have a number of friends when I was... Uh, in a a hospital situation that called me and and provided someone to talk to. And and that made the time go by quicker because the only alternative was another episode of The Golden Girls. And I think I pretty much got that that out of the way and and also all the episodes of The Law and Order that I would ever want to see. But in any case, uh, uh, so I had a problem back in that, that first night That I wanted to talk about, and I had always been impressed with uh, something that my producer John Salter and I were talking about tonight. John, among other things, uh, in addition to having to buy a new car, because he just about got run over, has gotten married. There, there, there was no connection between the two. In fact, the marriage was some time earlier than that, but he uh, has a, a, a kind of a new family situation, and and I had discovered that my friends who had gotten married, and uh, relatives or whatever, when two households came together, there was quite often a different attitude toward how Christmas, uh, I guess the most, almost the most uh, recognized and sacred of holidays, is to be carried on. That is to say, when do you put up the Christmas tree? Do you put up a Christmas tree? Uh, do you open presents? When do you decorate the tree? Some people, for instance, decorate the tree overnight on Christmas Eve night. Uh, uh, some people uh, put the Christmas tree up. My mother was this way. She would put the Christmas tree up right after Thanksgiving. I think she thought it was maybe sacrilegious to do it before Thanksgiving, but uh, she would would wanted to be about it. And it was not necessarily all at one time. It was a, a gradual kind of thing. But then once the holiday was over, uh, December twenty sixth, it was time to bring the Christmas tree that out uh, and. Uh, put it by the curb or whatever. And what, what I'm, I want to know tonight is, well, I want to know your story. How did you do it? Uh, John Sauter, the my producer, was saying tonight that he and his wife had not settled the question. Of yet. I don't know that it, in fact, has come up. They're, they're that they're brand new as, as a married couple, but, uh, uh, and they may totally agree. Their families may have, but what I'm saying is the children absorb the way their parents did it and usually, uh, it's, it's almost like it was. It was one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt put the Christmas tree up at a certain time and take it down at a certain time. And Christmas meals and things like that. Uh, uh, in fact, a whole lot of the the Christmas season. And uh, you find a lot of that bound up in traditions. You know, the, what what are you going to use for stuffing? And how do you make that? And and so on. So if you have a particular or peculiar story. I was thinking about Garrison Keillor tonight when I was thinking about stories. He was, of course, the longtime host of the Prairie Home Companion, and uh, which was uh, uh, an imaginary radio station with an imaginary radio program, but it was reflective of probably something that Garrison listened to from uh, a station in Minneapolis when he was young, that covered one of those wide areas of farming that would go all the way down into Iowa and then Nebraska and out to Montana and, and indeed I've picked up WCCO in Minneapolis in in uh, in Raleigh and then went to Salem and so uh, but uh, it was there were some customs tied up with that. And I think well, that's one of the reasons we we uh, like to listen to old-time radio programs is that that was a part of uh, of the Christmas season as we came along. But what I asked the listening audience on December 26, 1988, was to talk about the Christmas customs that you brought to uh, your first Christmas or, or or your Christmas situation when you blended two families. And, uh, and we, we had a pretty good conversation that night, so I'm, I'm suggesting that maybe we could try a little bit of that tonight, and that will be our way of commemorating or, as I said, sneaking up on Christmas Day. Uh, it's 10, It's 9.15. I've got two clocks, as I told you last night, and I'm always letting my eye land on the wrong one. It's 9.15. And uh, we're going to pause here and take a break. And I hope you will roll your mind back and imagine how your, your Christmases were and where they were different and what changes you've made and how adaptable you have been or how compromising you have been or did things change. Did you open one present on Christmas Eve? Or did you, uh, my, my mother was, would never go for that. She she thought Christmas Day was, was sacred, and you had to wait until a, uh, Christmas morning to find out whether uh, Santa Claus had left you anything, if you were of appropriate age, or whether you had any presents wrapped and so on. And in fact, we can maybe talk a little bit about that, uh, uh, and that will be a part of my story. The telephone number is 919 860 Nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF, the Tom Kearney Show on Wednesday night, December twenty third in the year soon to be over. We hope twenty twenty. Raleigh, Tom Kearney here, and uh, John and I were talking during the break. If you wonder what happens, we talk during the break, and sometimes we have to think of things that we need to look up or songs that we need to play, and uh, commercials that we need to make sure get aired. You know, kind of radio stuff and so on, but we were talking about the question I asked you on the air. We're going to try to get some list of of the features that are going to be on the uh, special Christmas program on WPTF uh, that I think starts tomorrow night at 6 o'clock and runs throughout the night. There'll be some music and some old-time radio programs and some some other features, but uh, it will run to, I think, sometime on Christmas Day night. And uh, it's a good way to, uh, Since part of Christmas is the tradition of Christmas, and that's why I, I, I latched on to the Christmas trees. Johnny, if, if our caller is still there, and we want, we want uh, him to be our seed caller, and that means he's going to be the first one, and there will be others to follow. And if you want to follow Todd, who's going to be on with us in a minute, it's 919-860-9783. Todd, uh, how are you this
1: evening? Good evening to you, Tom. Are you
0: okay? I'm
1: doing
0: just fine. Good, good. I'm. I'm I didn't mean to be so straightforward there, but I mean, just you know, you, you're doing good. You haven't got a bad cold, and you're being no, careful. No. You're
1: you're being doing careful for, about where you go and everything. So that's good. No, doing just fine. Doing just fine. Just uh, I've pretty much, uh, for the most part, stayed away from uh, from colds and everything. So, uh, so i have really blessed in that respect. Yeah. Well, I. I've, have for many years, and for a long time, the
0: radio station has helped be coordinated with us getting flu shots. You know, because the radio people need to be there. I mean, when everybody else is snowed in, we have to get out and go, so we can tell you that you're snowed in. You know, and, and so on. So uh, I've been taking a flu shot, and I've gotten to where I don't have. And plus, one of the things that's happened with this being uh, uh, locked in, uh, lockdown, or whatever it is, is that you're not out. Bumping up against as many people, and along with catching the 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 COVID virus, you could—that's the way you catch the bad cold. As a matter of fact, because the germs are in the air, and uh, and if you stayed away from people, you probably wouldn't. So many colds wouldn't spread as badly. At least that's—I remember when I was a teacher at at, at state, the students would all go home for Christmas, and they'd all come back from all over America and bring all the germs with them, and so uh, and so we'd have a lot of. Blowing of noses and coughing and stuff like that. But uh, tell us about you and the Christmas tree.
1: Well, uh, I know when I was growing up, um, our family pretty much had a uh, it, it was it was white tree and it had uh, red satin balls on it. And uh, the parents had we had a uh, uh, a spinning color wheel, which had like the the, the colors of the season. So it was just like this it was just like they say just span around and round so whenever you would cut the lights off in the in the den everything was just it was really something to be a be a little boy and uh, yeah. uh, just being there just it was just so calm and peaceful and everything and just watching the color wheel coming through the tree and reflecting off of the roof and everything, you know, the ceiling. So it was just uh, uh, so that's the tree we started off with, and then eventually, uh, like I said, that grew, you know, to be a bit old and everything, so it was just, uh, we switched over to a or, another artificial green tree, which uh, Mom used to love to just decorate with all kinds of different ornaments and uh, lights and everything, so it was, it was a bit more involved when it came to putting up that particular tree than with the other one. You know, so that just, that's just how that goes, but that's pretty much my memories of that, of, of that.
0: Then did you ever get back to a, was there ever a period when you had a real tree? I mean, you wanted it had a smell to it, you
1: know, like a um, No, No, now the only tree that was really ever associated uh, with our family when it came to this time of year was whenever my family would get together with my uncles and aunts and cousins up at my father's parents' home. And they had a real tree, which had you know had some stuff sprayed on it. And I remember that it just that stuff used to just kind of really affect me a bit. It just I, don't know, I couldn't remember whether it ever gave me a headache or it just just the the smell of it kind of annoyed me more than anything else. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I definitely remember that. You
0: know, you just describe your father's parents' home. You know what we call that in North Carolina, Doctor, and probably some other places too, but that's that's called the home place. That's where the, the you know, the, the family spread out from. You know, there was a the grandpa may have had, right. he had children and the children they all went and they've got their place, but they all came home for the holidays, so to mm. speak. And,
1: that's you it, know. You know. And the thing about this of course here in the south and I and I'm pretty sure all across the country you know you life. but you know, with having two sets of grandparents, you know, you had, you know, a particular name that you called your uh, grandparents on your father's side and, and you and you called, you know, the grandparents on your mother's side something different.
0: You know, I've been thinking about having a program. I think I know what you're talking about mm-hmm. now because so often the little grandchildren can't quite pronounce the the right words, you know, and uh, uh, I was watching this this, uh, this thing, that there's a new movie out that has Glenn Close and Amy Adams in it and, and, uh, of plays the older, I think she's the mother or the grandmother, and she's called Mima because I'm sure the children could not say grandmother or something like that. Is that, is that what you're talking about, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, because what we did, we we called my, my father's parents uh, Papaw and Mamaw. I, it wasn't mm-hmm. the deal where we couldn't pronounce it, but it was just that it was just, I guess something that was just passed down, you know, 30 okay. years and everything. But then, like, of course, with my mother's parents, you know, they were your know, granddaddy and grandmother.
0: Right, right. Well, I could, you know, I was somebody who had some new children, new grandchildren the other day. I think was telling me they had already decided what the official names were. They they were not going to end up with, with, uh, you know, because quite often the the, the meme all comes from not being able to pronounce. You know, you say mm-hmm. so and so. This is your gra- your grandma, and they couldn't quite pronounce that. And I, I know, my, in my family, my my sister and I had had a granny that was my daddy's mother. And we had Granddaddy and and Mommy, uh, who was my my grandmother on the other side, and so on. And so, uh, but I but uh, they, they were they were spread down the middle, and we, we sort of st- stuck with that. And uh, anyway, my mother had, had called my grandmother Mommy when when she was small, and we just adapted. We just adopted that. We took up right where she left off. Well, let's see if we can see if you've done any good, if you broadcast uh, some uh, seed here so we'd have a seed call and, uh, uh, and so on. And uh, This is probably the last time we're going to talk, but I hope you have a nice holiday and uh, and you come back and visit
1: with us next week, okay? I sure will. And just okay. in case I don't get to uh, talk to you, I just uh, give you my best for the new year. So we it's, it's been a big one this one for sure.
0: Well, I hope the next one is better, and I hope yeah, we they. can just uh, draw a line through this one and pretend that it didn't happen. Right oh, thank- there you go. <laughs> thank you so much for there being here. Okay, take care. Take care. That's uh, our number one caller. So, so, so sad because he's using the first caller. We'll be back after we check the news. Gradually, more and more, we're sneaking up on Christmas. Uh, Tomorrow night, about 24 hours from now, we'll be uh, listening to special Christmas programming. And we may, we'll ask John and our solder, our producer, in a moment, to see if he, he can give us any more information about that. But right now, we need to talk about something that may be of use at some place along here, and that is uh, dealing with problems with your automobile. When servicing your car, you need to know uh, what your cycle of service is. Your cycle of service begins the month that you buy your car, that cycle does not necessarily match with the normal seasonal changes. At King's Auto Service, they will schedule your service intervals based on that cycle. For those using synthetic oil, as myself, and driving more limited hours, myself, you may go months past the normal service based on these miles and will need to schedule your service Uh, two to three times a year rather than, uh, well, I used to probably go six times a year. I would go about every two months because I was driving a lot more then and needed to change the oil. Uh, uh, during your your service check at uh, King's Auto, when you go in, they will check your wipers. In fact, I got some new wipers this past week when I had my car inspected. Uh, Belts, tires, and transmission fluid levels. For those of you who are currently driving a Toyota Prius, or some other hybrid vehicle, the certified hybrid technicians at King's will uh, be able to refurbish your high voltage battery pack uh, for less than uh, the dealer would be able to do do it. Uh, the dealer will, uh, will normally would, would do this at about 150,000 miles. You can call King's uh, tomorrow. They will, I'm sure not be open over the weekend through the Christmas holiday, but you can schedule an appearance at an appropriate time, uh, and uh, uh, they will give you an analysis of what your needs are. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Lube, along with the State Inspection Station, are easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh. Uh, King uh, King's Automotive is also on the web at kingsautomotive.net. King's Auto Service is Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946, and uh, since I take both of my cars there, I can testify in their behalf. Tom Carney here. The time is uh, up to 9.36 now, and we are looking forward to getting a call from you. Uh, We are discussing putting up the Christmas tree and the routines that may be uh, connected to that. John, do we have any new callers yet? John Sauber is our producer. He may be, in fact, uh, checking on a call now, 919-860-9783, wptf uh, The question came up, and we're kind of using it as a, as a reminiscence. Uh, we're waxing nostalgic about the number of years that we've been here because we began doing this broadcast uh, back in the late uh, 1980s, 1988, and uh, uh, the first night ended up looking for a topic to talk about. And I'd always been impressed with the fact that uh, you bring two families together, and they get married, as indeed our producer has, during this year, and they're going to confront putting up their first Christmas tree together. And uh, they're going to live together and have customs that they go along with. And what if the custom of one family is to open one Christmas present on Christmas Eve night or if it is uh, to not open any Christmas presents ever until the day of Christmas. This this goes along with meals, too. Do you, do you, do you have to have turkey? Um, I, one member of my family doesn't like turkey, so there always is some ham there. There probably would be ham anyway because there would always be a huge selection of foods. One can, as you know, just about eat yourself uh, into oblivion during the holidays, particularly in southern homes. With the different meats, and I challenged Mrs. Kearney when we first got married, and it was just the two of us that we should try pizza one year. I don't think we ever got around to that because there was always nearby some family member who had invited us. If you don't have children, you always have to go. If you have children, you eventually get to be uh, if you're the woman, and you get to be the matriarch. I'm old enough to have heard Jack Benny when he was on the radio before we owned the television before because he transferred to television. And if you go to YouTube, you can find some of the old radio broadcasts and indeed some of the TV broadcasts. And the interesting thing was in the the latter years at least that the Jack Benny program did essentially the same program every year, but it was also different. It It was the same in that he did the same thing. He went shopping. It was different in that he had a new and different way to drive Mel Blanc, his, his compadre who worked at the, the store, uh, crazy. One of the reasons that Jack went to, uh, to shopping was that, uh, well, he and Mary Livingston was not his wife in character on the program, but she in fact in real life was his wife. She was the female and and of course he had Rochester, his uh, ballet uh, butler helper, whatever, and, uh, numerous other members of his regular cast, Dennis, Dennis Day and Bill Harris and people like that. Well, Jack Benny had met Mary Livingston, the woman that he ultimately married, when she was working at the May Company, which was a department store in, in, in Los Angeles. And I think maybe she was in the, the uh, clothes or maybe in the, the makeup department or something like that. But uh, anyway, uh, he, he was always kind of fond of restaging programs. At the May Company, or, or or something that vaguely resembled it, and so you, those fun programs have the the this sort of standard Jack Benny routines where everybody else gets the joke and gets the laugh, and he basically he's sort of like Bob Newhart. He he has to be there. He has perfect timing, and the thing will not work without him. You couldn't take him out of the show and have it work, and that's the way Bob Newhart was. I guess some of the really great comedians were like that, but uh, there's usually one or two episodes of Jack Benny, sometimes some Amos and Andy, and other things uh, that were popular in the days of old-time radio, and which became classics. But radio network radio became big in the early 1930s, and like TV has been since that time. Since it came along, there have been favorite shows that are repeated each year. Uh, one of the 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 uh, the uh, uh, Peanuts specials have been sort of like that. They are a part of. Uh, the season, uh, as certain movies are, like uh, It's a Wonderful Life, and uh, I was reading, uh, I think I mentioned to you earlier, an article about Gene Shepard, who's really the inventor of the, the radio talk show in the form of where the, the host tells stories on the radio, and Garrison Keillor, who I mentioned earlier, too, was, was a, a graduate. There was no school, of course, but he was of the same sort, and he created a place called Lake Wobegon that we all uh, went to uh, 52 weeks a year, and, and there were special Christmas stories, and somebody was always going ice hunting or falling in the lake or something like that. Well, Gene Shepard liked to tell stories on the radio, and uh, he, uh, I started listening to him when I was when I was in high school. He was on a station in New York, and he would come on, and he would be telling a story, and uh, the music would, would fade down under him. There would be no introduction. He would just keep talking the whole time. I have a friend in Raleigh who went to see him at a nightclub where he did his routine, and he said one night the lights went out, and Shepard didn't even stop talking while the lights were out. He kept telling his story. Well, when you watch the program, the, the the movie on television called The Christmas Story, which is it's always identified this way, it's the one about the little boy who wants the BB gun. That is a story made up of five radio stories that Gene Shepard, and in fact he's the narrator, if you watch that movie Gene Shepard is the narrator and if you watch it when the, the little boy goes and wants to get in line to go up to Santa Claus and tell him that he wants the BB gun the guy who, who yells at him, get back in line, and sort of pushes him back, uh, who has a kind of a, a little bit of a goatee and a, a mustache, that is Gene Shepard he's dead now, of course but he, uh, he uh, his stories, some of his radio stories, were uh, brought together in books. Uh, I can mention a couple of them to you, and you can probably get them at Amazon or your local bookstore. The first one was uh, published in the 50s, and it was called uh, uh, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. That was the name of it, and the one that I liked most was uh, a collection of short stories, some of which appeared in Playboy. There were things other in Playboy other than the centerfold, and there was an awful lot of good writing, uh, and uh, uh, one of his short stories was uh, entitled Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories, which is about going to the prom. That's what it's about, and all the the things that you had to do, the rituals that had to do with going to the prom. That was the one day at night you could stay out late, and you could go to the roadhouse outside of town, and and have a few beers and things like that. But in any event, uh, uh, when you watch a Christmas story on television, well, I think there's at least one of the, the Turner channels, uh, maybe TBS or TNT that runs a 24 hour run of it that, so you can catch it sometime uh, during Christmas day. You will you will now know I think something other than that you did not in fact know before. Uh,
1: Tom, Tom. we have two calls.
0: You've got two calls? Yes, sir. Okay, I didn't know if I had called on you a couple of times, and I I guessed you were going out to see if you could find find that list that you and I were talking about. We will take the calls, tell the folks, and they can hear me. It's time for us to take a break. But right after we take the break, they will be the first thing up here on WPTF. Stay and recovering from having overeaten. Tom Kearney here, sneaking up on Christmas with John Seller, our producer, tonight, and hoping to talk to some of our listeners. And we've talked to one, and we're going to talk to a couple of other ones if they stay in place. And we, in fact, we're going to begin with one of one of our radio family. Uh, and, uh, uh, good evening, or, Tom. Hey, Ann. I was trying to decide whether to call you Sir Walter, or Ann, or just Ann, but good evening, Ann. And uh, <sighs> <laughs> I haven't, I've talked to you a couple of times recently, not not on the radio, but I haven't talked to you this week. I was was trying to decide whether I made your life better or worse by checking up on you, but you, you oh, have there's been no hospitalized. At that ever. time.
2: You always make it better. What but I thought I'd make your, your, the lives of your listeners better and tell some of the Christmas stories. Okay.
0: So, have you got a Christmas story that comes from the Sir Walter Hotel?
2: Uh, as a matter of fact, I do. Go for it. All right. So I guess I was probably five or six years old and um, believed, as I still do, devoutly in Santa Claus. And so mother and dad had a really hard time trying to hide my Christmas presents from me. Uh, in my house, the tradition was that uh, as you approach Christmas, the only decoration in the house is the Advent calendar and uh, the Advent wreath. And Santa Claus brought everything on Christmas Eve, all the decorations, the tree, the presents, everything.
0: You're the one. So, I knew there was somebody I knew that, that did this, and uh, you're the yes. one. hmm And ahead. so
2: one, this one Christmas, uh, Daddy thought that it would be a whole lot simpler to hide all the Christmas decorations and the tree. We always had a live tree. And uh all the presents and everything in in the hotel. Now let me explain to your listeners that my father was the manager of the Sir Walter Hotel in Raleigh, and we lived in the hotel. So he took one of the room, one of the storerooms in the basement of the hotel and filled uh, during the season, filled all the Christmas uh, paraphernalia down in that room. And it was locked. Well, after I went to sleep on Christmas Eve, Daddy went down to get all the Christmas stuff out of the locked room, only to find that the room was no longer locked and was totally empty, totally empty. No tree, no ornaments from past years, no presents, no decorations, nothing. Somebody had broken in and stolen everything that was in the room. And this is, you know, like 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve. What's he going to do? Well, luckily, Daddy knew most of the merchants in town. In fact, at one time, he was the president of the Raleigh Merchants Association, and he called up a man who owned uh, a store. And for years, I have tried to remember the name of the store or the name of the man, and that information is just filed so far away in my memory, I can't bring it up. But anyway, the man owned a store that was kind of like... um, a Target or a Walmart of its day. You could buy a little bit of everything in that store. And Daddy called him, and he said, Well, Art, I'd love to help you, but the store is closed. And then all of a sudden he realized that my Christmas would be ruined. So he, he uh, went to the store, met Daddy at the store, opened up the store for him, and sold him whatever he wanted at cost, at cost. And um, my mother told me in later years, when when I finally heard this story, that I actually ended up getting more stuff for Christmas that year because that gentleman had sold everything to my father at cost. And uh, they still, you know, even to this day, I can't believe that one of the hotel employees broke into the storeroom and stole everything that was in there.
0: But let me, let me say... Let me say I'm going to have to stop you. You know I would love to talk to you all night, but we've got one other caller left. But you sound good, and and I will say that it may have been Briggs Hardware because that's the kind of store that your daddy could well, have gotten all that stuff from. Well, that's what I was from.
2: kind of thinking it might be, but I was afraid to say that in case it wasn't.
0: Well, I, I, I don't know, but I mean, I remember going in Briggs Hardware when our studios used to be downtown, and they they had just about everything you w- would need to to start your own Christmas party you know and everything
2: right and uh, they would be one of the few stores in town that would still have Christmas trees left as well
0: right well I remember looking up on the uh a, a high up railing place and there was a sled up there and I thought where else in Raleigh could you get a sled it was like July you know I'd gone down there to get mm-hmm. a key mm-hmm. to get a key made. i I John tells me that you're gonna be people be incarcerated for a while,
2: and I hope I can call you again. Your listeners will think that I'm in jail or something. No, 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 I'm going home probably around the 30th.
0: Can Larry go in to see you?
2: No, absolutely not. Well, that's
0: why Sue could not come see me either. We were in three months. It's because of the virus, yeah. Because of the virus that you're
2: locked in. Well, thank you. If Larry even brings me something, it has to sit in a quarantined room for 24 hours before it's given to me.
0: Right. Right, I understand. I got uh, a laptop. It was the Tim, my computer guy, brought me a laptop, and it was the last thing before they locked it down. Right. That's, that's when I happened to be yeah.
2: there It was the first part of March. But it's, it's but very, I, very safe in here. It really is.
0: Okay, well, you take care, and I hope okay. if you don't mind. Well, Merry I'll, I'll,
2: Christmas, Tom, to you and your wife and your brother and all your listeners.
0: Okay, and uh, keep your spirits up, okay? I will. Okay. Good night. Good night. And thanks for the story. That was uh, we called her Sir Walter Ann because she lived and grew up in the Sir Walter Hotel, where her father was the, the the manager and everything. And she's a member of our radio family. She has been a guest. She is uh, was a tax accountant kind of person and did uh, some information for people preparing their returns one year. And been a a good uh, good uh, listener to have and participates in our trivia programs. John tells me that there is a gentleman named Keith waiting, too. Keith, good evening. You're on WPTF. Hi there. Uh, Just a funny story. About 55 years ago, I purchased my first live Christmas
2: tree and learned a very valuable lesson. After I set up the tree, I stepped back, and I looked at my hands, and they were full of this sap. Oh, yeah. I tell you, to that day, I don't know. I tried gasoline, lighter fluid. I tried everything, trying to get rid of that sap. and. it seems like that has to wear off your hands. I just thought that was kind of uh, a, a true experience for me. And thenceforth, I always wore a poor pair of gloves when I picked up a Christmas tree. Listen, have a nice weekend and a nice holiday. Uh, well, best. thank you very much.
0: I've had that sad problem too. And uh, I guess they probably not dissolved it, d- dissolved it yet. Uh, well, that was two good calls right here at the end. I just wish everybody else had started earlier and brought your stories. Tap on the hands for Keith and, and Sir Walter Ann uh, with her story of stolen Christmas goodies. Uh, but uh, she sounded good tonight, and I'm glad for that. Uh, uh, that's about all of our program tonight now. Uh, we will not be back. There will be special Christmas programming. I think we may have a program on Friday night. I believe that will be the case, and it will be a replaying of the program we had with... Uh, with Pam Beck about the, the plants of Christmas, which is always a good and informative programming. And then Dr. Mike Waldman will be back on Monday night to talk about the economic year 2020.